Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Hallelujah. Let's just turn to 2 Chronicles 5, 13 to 14. And this month, uh, we're going to be talking about the presence of God. Probably one of my favorite subjects. Amen. So let's just read this. The trumpeters and singers joined in unison as with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. And then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud of the glory of the Lord that filled the temple. Praise and worship, as it says here, this is Old Testament, it just brings the presence of God into our midst. So why do, why do we need you know, to get the presence of God and to... Um, Love God as he needs to be loved. Just because God has a love language. Is that okay if I preach down here? God has a love language. Um, I remember years ago, we were reading a book on love languages. Do you remember that? By, what was his name? I don't remember. Anyway, and he talks about five love languages that people, everyone has. The five languages are, who knows? Touch. Touch. Okay, one at a time. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, acts of service, touch, that's mine, I need that, quality time, and there's one more, words of affirmation and encouragement. And so, gifts, we did that one, See, Katrina does that one because that's her love language. Gifts, don't forget gifts, you know. Um, so, we were reading this book years ago, and I thought that I'd been showing Phil love you know, the way that I want love, I'd leave little notes on his little pillow because my love is words of encouragement. So if you give me cards for my birthday, I keep them forever. Presents, I toss them. Cards, I keep forever. I just love words. And so say words to me and I live. And um, so I was leaving little notes on his pillow and, you know, just saying, oh, you're so beautiful, you're so hunky, you're so gorgeous, and saying all these gorgeous things to him and didn't seem to be making him live. And he obviously was trying to make me feel loved and I didn't feel loved. So one day he's working on the house, he's hammering away and I went up there and I said, you know, as women do at the appropriate time when they're busy, um, I need to speak to you now, you know, and I'm a mess. I can't take it anymore, you know. I just don't feel loved. And he had a nail bag on and he took a nail out of the bag. He said, lifted his hammer, he said, see this nail? See this hammer? He went, bang, bang. I just told you I loved you. And then I realized that his love language is acts of service. So he's trying to tell me he loves me by building me a house. I feel unloved because I need a love letter. I'm trying to tell him I love him by love letters. He's feeling awesome because he just wants his shirt ironed. And so, um, so, I, so we read the book. He, he started saying nice things to me and I started ironing his shirts and we've married 20 years, 28 years in a couple of weeks. Amen. But, but God has a love language and God's love language is praise. That's his love language is praise. You know, why do we praise God? Why do we come to church? Why do we worship? Why do we sing songs? Do we sing songs just so it's a nice, you know, sing three songs and get on with the service? What is it all about? Let's have a look at it because God's not human, right? But he displays emotions throughout the pages of scripture like he grieves, he gets jealous, he gets angry, he feels compassion, he feels pity, he feels sorrow, he feels sympathy, he loves, he delights, he rejoices, he enjoys, he even laughs. God even laughs. So he's got emotions like us and he needs his love language spoken. Amen? You got it? But you see, if his love language is praise, it's difficult for us to understand because in our English interpretation of the Bible, 
we have one word for one thing, praise. But in the Hebrew and the Greek, there are actually seven words that define praise in the Bible. And they all mean completely different things. So we could be praising God. We're saying, God, I'm telling you I love you. I'm praising you. And he's not getting your love language because you're hammering nails in and he wants a love letter. Do you know what I'm saying? So we need to understand what all these praise words mean. Is Julie going to pray for me? Play for me? Pray for me and pray pray for me. (laughs) Pray and play. Oh, she's in the baby's room. Okay. All right. Yeah. You'd be awesome. But you calm my soul. Just think I'm Saul, you're David. You're casting out demons as you play (laughs) of menopause. Demons of menopause. Anyway, so the first one we want to look at in the word praise. Do you understand? Praise, one word, English language, Greek and Hebrew, seven words. So the first one we want to look at is Hallel. And Psalm 22, 26 says, They who seek the Lord will Hallel him. Those who seek the Lord will Hallel him. And where we get this word Hallel from is the word Hallelujah. Because Hallel is to praise and Yah is God. So Hallelujah is to praise God or Hallel God. So what does Hallel mean? Look at this. Hallel means to boast, to boast in somebody. You know how good it feels when someone boasts in you, when someone just walks up and said, I mean, you said to Candace before, well done, Candace. You know, you just pop that baby out. And I'm sure that Luke had something to do with it and that we can boast in Luke's sperm for a moment or two. You know, like, come on, a winner. Yeah, and we're boasting. Anyway. And it means, the other thing that it means is to rave. Have you ever had anyone rave about you? you know, some, I'm sure that Garth is raving about Jamie right now. <laughs> Maybe there's a winter sperm two years down the track. But I'm sure he's raving about Jamie now. He's raving about, oh, this is the woman of my dreams. This is the woman I'm going to marry. He's going to tell her all these things, isn't he? Isn't that right? Okay, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. And the third one is to celebrate, to really celebrate. You know what it feels like, you know, when you, you um, say New Year's Eve on Sydney Harbour and all, all the fireworks go off and it's just this huge celebration and thousands of people. That's what God means by Hallel. Hallel me, celebrate me, boast about me, rave about me, you know. And the last meaning that it is, is to be clamorously foolish. And I don't know if we get very clamorously foolish in church. I mean, I mean, I, I, I kind of see, I don't know, maybe the kids get clamorously foolish, but we seem to get sensible as soon as we walk into church. We seem to say, that's my white chair, my white plastic chair, and thus shall I stand. This is my... And I, if I'm going to be clamorously foolish, I may go, woo. And, uh, but I'm not coming out of my square, you know. And last Sunday, was it last Sunday night we had this? Was it last Sunday, last Sunday before? We had the, the praise and worship night. And, um, you know, and I was saying to people, come on, get out of your seats. Be clamorously foolish before God. Why am I saying that? Because I know his love language. I know what moves the heart of God when his kids just get freed up. You know, what, what if your child just came up to you and said, yeah, I love you. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, yesterday I was at Julie's house and, and Joey was in the kitchen with me and she just says, I love Gemma. I said, do you, don't you? Gemma's my best friend. I really miss her. I really love her. And she was just like, and that's how God wants us to be, clamorously foolish. You know, I'm sure there's times when you're in your seat and you just feel like running around the building. You get excited. You, you want to dance. You want to jump. But it's like, ooh, you know, 
everyone looking at me, everyone's looking at me, I can't really do that. But if you were at home, no one's watching, what would you do? But you see, if it's not about you anymore, if it's about what God needs, if it's about God's love language, it makes us step out of ourselves. Instead of just saying, oh, you know, I... Because we can just say, I'm going to praise God the way I feel. Like I would show, feel love the way I feel. But he's not getting it because it's not his love language. But if I say, I want to praise God like this because he deserves it, because I want, I want him to get blessed. I want him to feel loved. I want, him to, I want his heart to beat this morning because I love him, because he's amazing. I want to be clamorously foolish. And who cares? Who gives a rip what anybody thinks? Because it's for him. It's all about him. And when we get to heaven, I, I, you know, we are not going to be normal, sensible like this. When you see the throne of God, when you see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels worshipping at the throne of God, when you see the millions of saints robed in white, crying, rejoicing because they've made it home. When you see people dancing in freedom and little children skipping and singing, you're not going to stand there with your white plastic chair dragging into heaven say, this is my square and I shall not move from it. <laughs> oh, halal. Everyone say halal. Okay. Number two, zamar. And Zamar is to make music before God with stringed instruments and loud cymbals. Listen, a, a large part of, of God's love language is definitely music. But I just want to say this to all the older people in the room right now, including myself. He likes it loud. <laughs> he likes it loud. Don't ask me why. He likes, maybe it's because he's all the way up there and it's got to get up there. I don't know, but he likes it loud. And I just, I found this little clip. It's, it, I shot it sideways. So you have to go like that. But just have a look at this and, and just tell me if this would move the heart of God. There's that cheeky smile. Says, I know I'm supposed, not supposed to be up here at the drum kit. But, um, you know, and I look at that and I just think, now, there's, that's not very melodic. It's not very melodic. It's not drumming, really, is it, Garth? Uh, from a drummer's perspective, it's not drumming. But God, would that move the heart of God? Yeah. I mean, it's loud. It's cymbals. It's, it's, it's zamar. It's loud, it's symbols, it's noise. And God's going, I love that noise because it's my kids making noise for me. I love that. And sometimes we just hold back. We just hold back and go, oh, I'm not a very good singer or, you know, I'm not a very good dancer or, you know, even, you know, you could, you could be Salvation Army and bring a tambourine even and make a joyful noise to the Lord, all of us. Because God loves noise and God loves music. Amen? We're speaking his love language. Amen? And it says here in Psalm 150, Praise Zamar the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him in his Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Anybody like dancing? You know, two weeks ago, I said to a couple of the girls, you've got a gift to dance. Get up and dance. Right. You know, just get up and do it. Why? Not because we want to look at you dance, but because God needs to hear his love language. God's got a love language that he wants to hear and to see and to see the freedom of his children. Praising with strings and pipe, praising with clash of cymbals, praising with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, 
It may sound like a big noise to you when we've got loud music in here and it's going, wish they'd turn that music down. But to God, he's going, turn it up, turn it up. I want to hear you. I want to hear your noise. I love it. It's amazing. Amen. So everybody say, Samar. Okay. Now, the third word used for praise in the Bible is tequila, not tequila, tequila. And, uh, and tequila is like if you've had tequila because it's exuberant singing. It's like drunk people singing. It's like singing like, la, 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 and it's just like crazy singing. And it says in Psalm 34:1, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise, his tequila will always be on my lips. And, and um, just check, just, is, did I say tequila? Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink, it's all right. I only drink the Holy Spirit. <laughs> check this out, check this out. And I think this would please God's heart too. drunk. She looked like she'd been drinking tequila. But she was somehow in there, there was, she was singing. Anyway, there was, she was attempting to sing in amongst her dance, which is like kind of cute too. It's amazing. So everyone say tequila. And the next word is shabak. Everyone say shabak. Now this might make some people feel uncomfortable in church because it says this means to shout. You know, when I, you know, when we're up here and we're, we're, you know, we're praising and we're worshiping and I say, shout unto the Lord, everybody shout. And, and, oh, you know, it's like, this is what we're, this is what we're doing. We're saying, God, right now he needs to hear Shabbat. Right now he needs to hear you shout. Amen. He needs to hear a shout. And when I feel that in the spirit or the worship leader feels that in the spirit, and we, we say to you, Shabbat, Shabbat, God's love language right now is Shabbat. And we say, shout to the Lord. And you all go, huh. <laughs> and God goes, oh, that was a bit of an anticlimax, you know. Oh, well, I'll get that bit filled up later because what they say in this love language book is if you don't get the love language that you need, your love tank gets low. And we don't want God's love tank to get low. I don't. I want to give him all the love that he needs. Amen. So Shabbat is to shout. Another thing it is, is to address in a loud tone. You can, ad- you can address God in a loud tone. You can actually yell out to him in the middle of a church service. God, you're amazing. God, you're fantastic. I can't live without you. God, I praise you. You're amazing. And you know, and everybody around you is going, flip. I want to get some of that, whatever she's having. Because... <laughs> because it's amazing. The other word, the other thing that it means is to holler. And I know it's like a bit, you know, country and western, you know, holler, holler, holler for a marshal. You know, I think it was an old ad we used to have. But, you know, to holler. Like some of you men need to start hollering. You know, is that a holler? Yeah! I think it's that's a holler. <laughs> At your wedding when you dance, Scar, 
You're going to do it. Yeehaw! And um, when we put on the Boots Scootin' Boogie, we've got it on the playlist. And Boots Scootin' Boogie. And Gar's going to do the Boots Scootin' Boogie. And then he's going to go, Yeehaw! Like that. I hear it coming. You know, when we go to the theatre, anybody ever been to the theatre? And what if it's an incredible performance? And then they come, they come out and, and, they, and they stand on the stage and they're going to bow. How many people get up and begin to shout and begin to holler and begin to proclaim in a loud voice, Encore! 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 And none of us think that's strange. But we come into church and God does a grand performance, heals a sick body, raises the dead, saves a life fills you with peace, fills you with joy, comes in his presence. And he's waiting for an encore. And he's standing there saying, if you just, come on, if you just yell and shout a little bit, I've got more. How many of you know when you say encore, encore, all right, we'll do one more number. (laughs) God says encore, he's got some high kicks. I've got the grand finale waiting for you. But you let me go off after the first call, the first curtain call, you let me go home. Because you want to go and have a cup of coffee at the cafe. Holler, shout. What about if you watch your kids at school? Those of you who got kids and they're getting an award. And then, you know, there's a hundred kids lined up to get their awards and they call one name at a time. They walk up, they shake their hand, they get their award. Off they go, and you're waiting, and you're watching your kid. You're watching your kid get closer and closer, and you're kind of clapping every other kid, feeling like your hands are dying, you know. And then your kid walks up into the platform, and it's going, you stand up. You go, yes, come on, look at that, it's my kid. Whoa, and you're just hollering. And, and, of course, all of you aren't extroverts like me. You may just go, yippee. But... But you've got something in your gut that wants to yell and holler and shout because you've got a bit of shabak in you. Amen? What about when we watch C3 Tugra soccer team? Oh, yeah. I reckon there's a bit of shabaking going on there. I go, to the, I go to the C3 Tugra football game and there's people on the sidelines running up screaming. Vicky Davis is, come on! Come on! And then Tim Phillips is there yelling out. Nobody comes normal when he comes to church. He sits behind that desk and hides his little face and, you know, and becomes all religious. And then... (laughs) And then what about Jimmy? He's on his drums. And does anybody give a rip what anyone in that whole field thinks, what any other team thinks? No, because we're cheering our team on. We're hollering. We're shabucking. Come on. Come on, team. And that's how God wants it. Amen. And you'll feel it in a service. You'll feel it, how the mood changes and how God goes, oh, I want a bit of this now. Can you give me a bit of this now? And we just go, okay, okay, God. Yahoo! Yeah. I know you all got excited when I did that right then. (laughs) God likes it when we get loud and excited about him too. Not just about the soccer match, not about our kids getting awards, not just about the theater. But God likes it when we get loud and excited about him too. Psalm 63, three to four says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will shabak you as long as I live and in your name, I will lift up my hands. Amen. Can we all put our mobile phones on silent? Thank you, Pastor Phil. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> okay, so number five, we're going well. We're number five. Number five is yada. Everyone say yada. Okay. Yada is to acknowledge someone in public with our hands extended. Now listen to me. 
I know when you come into this church and a lot of people go, okay, this is a Pentecostal church. This is where you lift your hands because it's a Pentecostal church. But when we go to a Baptist church, we don't lift our hands. When we go to a Catholic church, we just do other things. When we come into a Pentecostal church, we lift our hands. I want to tell you that this is Old Testament. This is even before the church. This is the love language of God. He's asking us to lift our hands. Not just in a Pentecostal church. He's asking his children, his people, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. To acknowledge someone in public with our hands extended. Do you know what it's like to acknowledge someone in public with your hands extended? It literally means to raise our hands up toward heaven and acknowledge the greatness of God. Now, just before we, just before I got up to preach, I got up there and we were singing. Um, what were we singing? That. Your let heaven come, let heaven come. And I'm singing. I'm going. I'm, I'm lifting my hands. I'm acknowledging the greatness of God. I'm seeing Him exalted. I open my eyes. Let heaven come. Right around the room. Because we just don't get in our heads what God needs. If we knew that it wasn't just about, when I say, everyone lift your hands right across each other. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift, she tells me to lift my hands. I lift my hands when I'm wanting. I don't feel like lifting my hands right now. You know? But it's God. It's God's love language. And when we get it through our heads, it's not just a ritual. It's not just a Pentecostal thing. It's not just because the pastor said. It's just not because someone next to me is doing it. It's because God wants it. And then we get outside of ourselves. This term is used in Psalm 138.1. I will praise Yada you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will lift up my hands. I will acknowledge you publicly with all my heart. I will. You know, notice how our bodies naturally express what we feel in our hearts. There's something natural about lifting your hands when you feel that in your heart. Amen? And, and really, this says, this says there's, there's a, a longing. It, this, literally, this word means reaching out with your hands extended with a longing, with a reaching, with a yearning to be closer. And it says, when we express our love to another person, our hands are almost always involved. Is that right? right? I mean, when you walk up to someone to say hello, you don't go, hi, how are you going? You usually go, hi, how's it going? <laughs> hi, how's it going? She was writing. <laughs> don't you? you? Or, you know, I, I, often, I like touching people. Hi, what's happening? Oh, it's good to see you. And there's something about that touch of the human hand. That's why I never, ever smacked my kids with my hand. Never. In the old days, we had a wooden spoon. I had a sad face on one side, happy face on the other side. If the sad face was turned, they're in trouble. Happy face is there, you've got one more chance. But I would never hit them with my hand. Because this is a hand of love. When I reach out my hand to them, I'm expressing love. Amen. And the hands are amazing things. You know, why do they say that thing where they go, speak to the hand? In other words, you either get through me by the use of my hands or you come to me. They're reaching out. And look at this picture. This is what this basically means, this word. Like a child reaching up. I'll read it here. The word yada could be used to describe a child reaching up for its mummy or daddy and crying out, hold me. That's what yada is. You know, there's times in the service where you'll just feel just that, that, that something inside of you just wants to just hold God. Something inside of you just wants to reach out beyond yourself and hold something supernatural in God. And you reach out and you say, daddy, hold me. Hold me, Daddy. That's yada. It's all in praise. And you, how do you think that your daddy is going to react to that love language being spoken? Do you think that any parent could look at that and go, oh, too busy. No time. Go away, kid. 
the woman going, Daddy, with an innocent heart, with a childlike faith, Daddy, hold me. That's yada. That's praise. It's beautiful, isn't it? Number six, Barak. Everyone say Barak. And Barak is to convey blessing. It's to give thanks. It's to bow down. It means kneeling. It is a sign of humility and gratitude. I remember there was once, I mean, there's been many times, but a couple of months ago, Jamie was leading worship. And just this, this feeling of Barak came through the room. And it was like Jamie felt it and she stopped singing. The music just gently kept playing, just an ambient sound. And she just put her head down. And the feeling was like, I can't breathe. God's here. You know, Barak. And see, in that moment, we could totally miss the love language of God and start shouting and screaming or making loud music. Or Jamie could have just said, oh, it's on the program that I've got to sing this and hurry up, look at the clock and let's move on. But God was going, Barak, Jamie, Barak. Praise me in Barak. And so she goes, I just feel like God just wants us to be silent. I don't know what it is. I just feel like we've got to kneel down. I just feel we've got to bow before the king right now because there's there's Barak in the room. And everybody in the whole room bowed down, kneeled down, lowered their heads, whatever they felt they were physically capable of doing. And silence filled the room. And the love of God came. And then all you could hear was. <laughs> and then you. <laughs> and just throughout the room, just different people just began to weep because Barak was in the room. And then people began to love God and, and thank him. And in humility, gratitude, it all flows. See, this is the opposite of loud praise even though it's still praise this is like be still and know that I am God this is Barak it means to honor God by presenting ourselves to him you know sometimes when Barak comes into the room I just want to lay on my face I just want to stretch myself out and lay on my face and I'm going to be honest with you that happens to me sometimes and I think oh what will the people think if I lay down on my face I'm the pastor of the church I shouldn't be so What will they think? And sometimes I don't do it. Barak comes and I grieve my father. I don't give him the love language that he needs and therefore I miss out because I'm so worried about what other people think. Sometimes Barak will come in and you just want to lay on your face, just go, God, it's just that awesome reverence of God. There's that, that, is that, and the, the other thing it means is to yield to yield to just give up to surrender to yield to God to Barak to God it says this it says here I am Lord I am yours you know David one of my favorite scriptures in the word of God David says this he says may every fiber of my being unite in holy reverence to your name And when Barak is in the room, it's like every fiber of our being begins to tingle with God, our body, our soul, our flesh, our spirit. Everything stops. The noise stops. uh, The thoughts stop. The mind's still. And we we just come before him in this incredible place of every fiber of our being uniting in holy reverence to his name. Barak means I'm going to praise God by presenting my entire self to him. Wow. Psalm 103, one says, Praise Barak the Lord, my soul, and all my innermost being. Barak the Lord. So beautiful. I love it. And something happens with Barak. It's just not like we're giving to God. 
that something comes and there's a reciprocal action that happens with Barak because it says when we praise the Lord in Barak style scripture tells us we will receive all his benefits David goes on to say in verses 3 to 5 of Psalm 103 he forgives all my sins he heals all my diseases he redeems me from death he crowns me with love and tender mercy he fills my life with good things my youth is renewed like the eagles. When you're in that place where you feel like you can't move in God, what is he doing? Is he forgiving your sins? Is he healing your diseases? Is he redeeming you from death? Is he crowning you with love and tender mercies? Is he filling your life with good things? Is he renewing your youth like the eagles? Barak is the most beautiful place to be. That's why we need to be so sensitive to the Lord in our praise. That's why we have worship leaders that we have in our church and we choose them carefully because they are priests unto the Lord to hear the Spirit of God and say, what is God doing? When they choose the songs for a service, we pray over that. We pray over every song choice. Because we say, is this the love language that God needs today? And sometimes we're in the middle of a song, we'll just stop it. No, God's, we'll say God's not on that today. No, God needs to hear something else. And then we'll move there. And we may be in the middle of a, of a loud song and shouting, and all of a sudden it goes quiet. And he comes in with Barak and moves our hearts. And then he fills us and heals our diseases and Whenever you get in a place like that where the presence of God is so strong in the room and that Barak comes into the room through praise and worship, don't, don't rush. Just stay there. Because you may be right in the middle of your miracle that you've been waiting for and you can just look at your clock or want to go or move and you miss something that will change you forever. Amen. Number seven, the last one. Is Tauda. Everyone say Tauda. And and this was to praise God by lifting our hands to heaven in adoration. It means lifting our hands receptively, lifting our hands expectantly, waiting for things not yet received. See, this is a different word to Yada that we talked about lifting our hands before. It's a bit different to Yada. Yara is lifting our hands too, but Yara implies us reaching up to God and Tauda shows us receiving from God. So when, when there's Tauda in the room, it's like God wants to give you something back. There's a sense of this, pour it out on me, Lord. There's a sense of it's raining. There's a sense of, the presence of God, the weight of his glory coming down over you. There's a sense of that. It, and it's just, all you've got to just do is say, I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. I know you are a good God. And I know that you give good gifts. I'm here to worship you and to praise you today. And God just turns around and just goes, well, guess what? I want to pour it out on you. Everything. Do you know that every prayer that we pray to heaven is kept in a bowl that will be poured out in the last days upon the saints, upon the earth. Every tear that we cry is kept in a bottle in heaven. And he pours it back over us. He pours it back over us. It's a reciprocal thing. Psalm 50 verse 23. This is in the Message Bible. It says, it's the praising life the Tauda that honors me. As soon as you set your foot on the way, I will show you my salvation. Isn't that amazing? Now, can I just have the band up? And we're just going to quickly refresh our memories and we're going we're gonna to try it. Who wants to try it? Who wants to have a little, a little um, experiment? And we're going to refresh our memories. Everyone stand to your feet. So these are the seven words, halal, zamar, tahila, sabak, 
Yada, Barak, and Tauda. Seven translations of the word praise. So when we stand up in the morning and we start to play the praise song, This is when we lift up our hands and we reach up like a little child reaching up for daddy. This is where we yearn to be closer to him. We lift up our hands and we begin to sing.
Then we move into Barak, where the presence of God comes in. And we just want to give thanks to Him. We want to bow down. We want to kneel down. We want to give Him reverence. We say, oh God, oh God, your presence is beautiful. heals our diseases. He saves our soul. We say, Lord, I'm yours. I present myself to you. Every fiber of my being unites in holy reverence to your name. And then we move, move into Tauda. We just got to lift our hands to him because we feel like we're going to receive something from God. How we worship you, O Lord. We lift up holy hands. We wait upon you, into the room with gifts from heaven. It says ascending and descending on the very presence of Jesus, the angels come and they begin to pour it out. You feel the heavens open and you feel rain begin to trickle down, mist begin to touch your skin.
for a day to stand in ministry together. I thank you, God, for the mantle of God that's going to come down on Saturday, a spiritual wedding, a supernatural event. God, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Take away all the thoughts of their organization and the things and let them focus on you, God. Let them open up their hearts to you because this is a spiritual day. It's going to be an anointed day. It's written in God's book as a day when a mantle will come from heaven and come down upon you both and wrap you in the mantle of the anointing of God. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you this morning for everything that we've learned. You know, the Bible says, do not be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And now you have received the revelation. Will you walk in it? Will you come to church with a different attitude? Will you enter into praise and worship with a different mindset? Will you come and seek the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength? And then we will experience the presence of God like we've never known before. When every heart is turned toward Him. When every eye is speaking the love language of God. When every mouth proclaims His goodness. We will see the glory of God in this place like we've never seen before. In Jesus' name. And all the saints say, Amen. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.